And welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Romance. I'm your co-host, Life Dean. And on today's episode, we are going to further discuss the convoluted story that WWE has given us and just express our feelings on it. Well, mainly me. Um, I We also talk about the Scott Demore firing, which seemed to have come almost out of nowhere. And honestly, day by day, as news starts to come out, it starts to look even worse. Like, it just seemed like Anthem was just like, yeah, we just need to get this guy up out of here. Uh, Jack shares a very interesting story about the time you meet someone, things don't happen, and you're always kind of left st- stuck thinking about the what if. And finally, Jack will actually do a rebooking of AEW's All Out 2019. Now, I don't necessarily agree fully with the booking that he made, but I'll let you guys be the determinant factors for it. Tell us what you think. If you have any rebookings you would like us to do, let us know. I do know last week's episode, I read out Vicente's uh, promotion information. I was wrong. <laughs> I read the wrong roster, wrong episodes. So he's getting me that. And on a future episode, we will correct that. So I want to hold myself accountable for that. And on that note, we're going to jump right into the episode. Remember, find us on Instagram, Wrestling with Romance. Find us on Twitter, Romance Podcast. And yeah, we'll see I you guys a, next week. I'm with a coach at Comp this past weekend. Um, and so I coached like the U15 level. Mm-hmm. And then there's the level above, which is like the step right below World Cup. You know, okay. our, yeah. Where it's like all the people from the Olympics. Oh, you train athletes. You train Olympians. You train Olympians. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, I've coached a couple so mm-hmm. far, like here and there, but just helping out. And like still, I'm just helping out. Like I did this past weekend. We had a couple of my kids were doing move ups, a couple of my younger kids. Mm-hmm. And there was also a coach out because of shoulder surgery. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw Kevin Garnett say recently, it's like, once you get, like, two-thirds in the season, like, nobody's 100%. And I, I felt that shit. That, that makes sense. The coaches, it's the same, too, because we got to ski. I'm about to say, how much, how much, how does your body feel? Like, I would almost feel like your body probably feels like Jeff Hardy's at this point. <laughs> Actually, kind of something like that. <laughs> um, okay. There are, it depends on the day I try to take a really good care of myself. Mm. Like I, I pay for massages. Like I have a hot tub here. I try yeah, to stretch right. as much as I can. Gotcha. Um, but like I still wake up some mornings and like just like really struggle to get out of bed. Yeah. Like it just takes a little while for my body to get going and to warm up and to not ache really badly. Understood. Understood. So I'm here. I'm coaching. It's really. Uh, fun to be coaching new kids and at a higher level and to be around that higher level and there's an Australian team here visiting right an Australian team with a very cute um, coach I just big get comfortable because I know where this is going <laughs> <laughs> big blue eyes and just the cutest little like chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> like she smiles and my whole heart just like melts. <laughs> you know, of course that little thing in my brain is going like I want to go through there. And we Your brain start... feels like the scariest place to be when you see someone cute. <laughs> no, it's so, no, it's it really is pure. Like when I see somebody cute, like I no. swear, my first thoughts aren't perverted. Actually, no, no, no. most of my thoughts aren't perverted. I feel like it's like you ever seen SpongeBob when he had the mini SpongeBob's in his brain, and then they yes. start to like frantically run around. Like I feel like it's like emotions of like, oh my god, look at her, and it just starts to run around in your head as you see well, somebody that's particularly good looking. At some point, my brain, the little SpongeBob's in there, mm-hmm. were like. I need you to forget everything except for skiing, making out, and breathing. 
Yeah, even forget red flags. Um, you just keep on pushing. Yeah, they are. You forget colors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Friday, and so we start. We chat a little bit. She was actually very intrigued. Our conversation started. We broke the ice. Okay. My 2006 WWE lunchbox. Oh, Lord. Actually, it's probably, it's probably not 2000. It's probably like 2010, 11. It has John Cena, Sheamus, and CM Punk on the uh, cover. That's probably 08, anywhere from 08 to 20. For our YouTube watchers. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely 2009, 2010, because CM Punk has a shaved head. Oh, yeah. I got it at a... <laughs> oh, no, it says at the bottom here, 2013. 13? 2013? That don't look yeah. like no 2013. Whatever. Okay. I got it at Tudiken, the uh, number one largest pro wrestling merchandise store in the world. It's in Tokyo, Japan, where I've been. <laughs> I knew it was and, I, and who would have thought that this purchase mm. would help me strike up conversation with a cute Australian girl. Mm. We get to chat in a little. Okay. Uh, nothing much happens that day because training is always really, really busy. Right. Um, like, because it's, it's open heat style for mobile training. It's like, literally, you get up there, you do your run, the next kid gets the run, and my team is massive. Like, the Vale team is like twenty plus kids, so there's not really any downtime. Like, oh, in shit. So it's, like it's like go, 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 yeah. go. Okay. For the moment, like the first, like training begins to the moment it ends. We usually have somebody on the course. Okay. Um, we have like we have so many like we have a coach up top just to like organize and call them down. Mm-hmm. So we don't talk much then, and I can't hang out afterwards because I got to go see a film for my uh, column. But the next day, <laughs> we're hanging out, and uh, we get to talking and flirting a little. She hits me with the most Australian phrase there is. Do you know what it is? I said something, and she said, "Get fucked." <laughs> it's a terrible Australian accent, I know, I but that is that most... was a phrase. <laughs> oh, oh my god, yeah! Like every Australian, like d- you can guarantee two things with Australians: they can drink more than you, yeah. and they love saying "get fucked." I never knew that. I learned something new today. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And once that happens, I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> in. Um, it's like it's kind of like the modern age crikey. Okay. Wow. Like Get some fucked is the modern age crikey. That is a, that is a fucking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Somewhere yeah. down the line, Australians stopped saying crikey and just started saying "get You're fucked." fucked. <laughs> That is insane. <laughs> okay. Um, and we be like agreed on something. I hit her mm-hmm. with a with a pickup. This is well, not even pick. I'm like, wow, we have so much in common. Let's date. She goes, ooh, yes. Ooh. <laughs> Wait. How did we accelerate this fast? When did we go past stop? When did we go past like yellow? Like that's that, honestly that's a pickup I use probably too much. <laughs> like where I'll be like I'll wait until we have something in common or we or we agree on something and I'll say we have so much in common. Let's date. Does it have a good success rate? Hundred percent. Then it's not. It, a- I guess it's not bad. It, it always gets a giggle, it always gets a blush, and they always lean a little bit closer. Because you know what? It, it breaks that uh it kind of breaks that insecurity of like, are we on the same page here? Right. You know, it makes the implicit explicit. It's so funny to me because it's like I know you. And as many of these conversations, I know you don't want it to have a success rate of like multiple. You just wanted to have one. 
You just want that one. But it just also happens to be like, it just really is a good dating technique that lets people know we're on the same page. But it's not what you want. But it's not what you want. I know. I, I mean, I've kind of been at a crossroads lately about like, what is it that I want and what is it that I think I want? Yeah. Like I'm having a bunch of fun dating around, and then I always say like, oh, I want a girlfriend. I want a girlfriend, but it's like, I... you know, it's we are nothing but our actions. Like I don't believe there's any such thing as deep down. Yeah, I believe we are the only thing is what we put into the world, and it's like, fuck, am I following through on what I really believe is best for myself? But then because one of those things like you kind of have to do this to kind of get out there to find the people that you want. So technically, you're doing the right thing, but it's just it's got to go about it a weird way. Because you ain't out there trying to fish. You can't fucking get any fish. (laughs) Um, And then tragedy strikes. Oh, God. She's a top coach for the day, and I'm a bottom coach. So in mogul skiing, yes, that's right. I'm I'm a bottom, even in my coaching <laughs> lifestyle. She has to go. So it's like you have a coach up top who starts you, mm-hmm. and then you have a coach at bottom, um, you know, who gives you the actual coaching and advice. I mean, they give you the coach at the top too, but a bottom it's after your run, obviously. Right. Uh, but that means we're going to be separated all day. Okay. We're going to be separated all day. My heart yearns. Afterwards, uh, we're waiting for award- <laughs> awards. We start talking again. I'm like, when do you leave? Because she has to go back to Australia eventually. Of I mean, yeah. Monday. Mm. And I'm like, oh. But, you know, we just keep talking and I pretend like everything is fine and dandy. What day it's is it like, that you met her? Saturday. Oh, the heartbreak. Oh, the heartbreak. And I refuse to let it uh, shatter our conversation and shatter the love too soon. And because I would have gone, I would have asked her to have a drink and a dance at the uh, Apres Ski Bar. There was a live mm-hmm. band there that day. But on this day, I have to drive the van back with all the kids in it back to Vale. And so there will be no waiting around and flirting with the cute Aussie. And so she says, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I said, it's been great. And then we skied off in different directions. And she was relegated to the dusty dustbin of possible loves. I feel like you've watched The Simpsons and you seen when Ralph got his heart broken on national TV. I feel like what she said on Monday, like if like one of us is there, we could pause it in slow motion and be like, and here's the part where his heart breaks. And he just, <laughs> he just, he just, he just curl into a ball. I'm just like, ah! Like what she said Monday, it was just like, but no, our future. <laughs> you could just, just see it like yeah. fading away. Are there, I like, know. Yeah, go ahead. There's like a Spider-Man meme where Mary Jane is disappearing in the smoke. And he's like, no! And yeah, I just feel like that was you. I just don't. I mean, are there any? I, I know your your girl's going to listen to this, but pretend she's not. Or pretend. Well, I don't, I don't know if she do. So let's or go pretend she won't. Are there any girls that nothing happened? You don't have to name them, but that you still think about? Jack, you're not really putting me in a great position here. <laughs> like, you're not really, like, to put the veil out. People, this is two days before Valentine's Day. He's not really putting me in the best position here. Um, but I don't I have mean, a Valentine. So throw me a bomb. Actually, I said two. This is 24 hours before Valentine's Day. Um, I mean, really? honestly. Huh? No, you go. Honestly, um, sometimes, yeah. Like, I mean, let's be real here. We're human. So sometimes, you know, we can try to suppress a thought, but a thought's going to come back anyway. Uh, and, you know, we sometimes things can pop up where you're just like, ah, shit, I wonder what would have happened. Or, damn, why was I stupid here? You know, we all do that. Well, <gasps> I know I do that. But um, 
Sometimes. Sometimes. But think about it's like what? It's like what never happened, but what, but what could have happened? It's sometimes I do think about it. Um, because so many of my connections with people are so random, right? Like, even my start to my relationship is random. Um, because we we showcased that art show together, but we never met that night. We ended up meeting five months later after talking to each other through DM for five months every day. But we did not see each other at the show. So it's like, I've had those type of moments, you know what I mean? So sometimes you think about that stuff, you think about all the stuff that was like, what are other possibilities that are just like, who, who knows what this would have led to or where that would have led to? So sometimes, yeah, I do. But it's not that I think for her. It's not that I think that I want to be somewhere else. I'm pretty good where I'm at. I just sometimes think about how life works in very funny, mysterious ways. The randomness of it all? Yes, because I am happy and I love my partner. Uh, for me, who has no partner, but who has been to Japan, um, there's, I mean, I just think like, especially because, you know, in a reference to sports, just for moving around so much, it's mm-hmm. like, what if I had just stayed in this place? Um, and that, that goes back all the way to like in New York, where it's like, right. what if. I had just stayed mm-hmm. um, and stayed with that girl who I thought was the best for me or stayed in Aspen and stayed with that writer who I started hooking up with when I started working at the Aspen times. Mm-hmm. Like what if, what if one day or, or even like girls have, I haven't kissed, but who you felt that electricity between. Yeah. And then before you could reach that catharsis, mm-hmm. they went left and I went right. They zigged and I zagged. Right. I mean, that shit... I think that shit uh, hurts the most. I won't say it hurts the most. It hurts more than, like, having somebody you truly love and it just not working out. Um, yeah. But, like, I've had a bunch of breakups with a bunch of girls who I was kind of, like... You know, it was short term. It was under that sixty day mark, mm-hmm. and then I could at least see where the potential the, the potential had been realized, and it wasn't great potential, but it had been realized. Whereas with this girls, you're just left wondering, what if, what if, what if? Why not? And it's funny for me. I've had the opposite. I've had some those who should just only made it past sixty days, and then we went past, and I was just like. Did not match what I thought the the whole contract was gonna be. I tell you that much. <laughs> so. It's like what? Yeah. It's mm. sometimes it's so, better to leave things as a what if, though. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the problem with realizing potential is that it's actuality and reality, and you don't, you know, you can't make up things in your head. And and that's the thing with potential. Sometimes we fall in love with potential instead of actual reality. Constantly. Yeah. Right. Well, welcome to Wrestling with Romance. This yes. is uh, Jack Simon. <clears throat> um, I used to do the podcast from bed, but I'm doing an opposites thing now. And now I'm going to do it standing. Oh, Jack looks like he's about to apply for a dating show right now. This your co-host, Life of Dean. Jack has his <laughs> hair nicely gelled. It looks lovely. He got the vest on with the chain. Jack looked like if John Moxley was skinny with a <laughs> lot more hair. <laughs> so it's great to see you be with you guys again. Uh, how are you feeling? I know, you know, fortunately, your Australian love yes left yesterday on the plane back to the country. So <laughs> I should have met her at the airport, right? <laughs> I, I, I should have said, let's fly away together. <laughs> Jack, yeah. if, um, I in a, if I got in a chat, if I opened the group chat this morning to see that you was on a plane to Australia, the way I would have broken down laughing, because I would have just been like, this is so Jack. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate the fact that nobody would be surprised. No. 
Like, like oh, Jack got on a plane to Australia to try to win over uh, an Australian mogul coach who he met for like who we talked to for an hour accumulatively. To be a hundred percent honest, it probably wouldn't even be like ten percent up. Wow, didn't see this coming. It might be like point <laughs> five. It'd be like I can absolutely see this. I just didn't see it happening the day before Valentine's Day. Like that's it. <laughs> what happens when you don't have a Valentine? Uh, it's been, let's see, five years with no Valentine on Valentine's Day. Really? Yeah, that's okay. It's, that's weird. Because uh, for that's weird. <laughs> Thanks. No, because when I started to have a Valentine's again is when you started to not have a Valentine's again because me and my girlfriend are going on five years together. The cosmic trade. Yeah. And then it brought us here. And then it brought us for much longer than we realize. This is why we're here. Speaking of potential that uh, it's like we fell in love with and now we're dealing with the sad reality of it. Scott Demora no longer being a part of Impact is a very weird reality that I don't know how to feel about. It's, I mean, I don't even know. It's because impact to me is so like inconsequential, or in TNA, TNA is like sorry. so inconsequential. And it's, you know, it's almost it's like the tree falling in the forest mm-hmm. deal when they have great matches. It's like if if a great match happens inside of a black hole, like did it really happen? And I've watched TNA shows and I've had a mildly good time. Right. Uh, but like, there's also this, something should just die. Well, I, here's the thing to combat the some things may die. They actually, for the first time in a while, was getting a lot of mainstream momentum. And when I look at it very recently, Let's they was getting a, throw around the word mainstream. They were getting some. Okay, first of all, okay, whether we want to look at it or not, Jordan Grace being number five, number four in the Royal Rumble, getting a really yeah, sustained yeah. push, and like looking good in the Rumble. She wasn't made to look like nothing. Didn't get any spots. Like she had some spots. Even Bianca Belair doing the KOD on the side of the apron, the Eliminator, was actually pretty good, and, and people was and actually interested. For clarity, too, like I, I, I'm glad TNA exists. Yes, like I, I think the more wrestling, the better. And they had just um, announced Ali was about to be on the show. They had just announced all this stuff coming in, and it was just like, oh wow, TNA is going to be doing something great for 2024. And it just kind of, as bad as this is going to say, I want people to understand I love TNA, but the most TNA thing is to fire the man who's been pushing the goddamn flag up the fucking right, hill. I guess <laughs> I'm speaking more out of frustration. Where yeah. it's like, don't ask me to take your company seriously if you can never get out of your own way. But this time it's not even the company. History. It's kind of like the New York Jets of professional wrestling. Ah, where it's you like, know that. You know something yeah, good about like, that. And I grew up a Jets fan. And I also, I quit being a Jets fan. Because you just get stuck in like, it's like the ending of The Shining where you realize like, oh my God, he's actually been here for three lifetimes. You're just like stuck in this fucking time loop of horror that, yeah, it's a different place and it's a different team. It's different management. But somehow, some way, they find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Like they cannot possibly get out of their own way, and find success. The weird thing about it is, usually it's TNA themselves. This time it's the parent company <laughs> that ended up being the people in the way. It wasn't TNA, it wasn't the talent. It was the parent company just like, yeah, we're just going to replace Scott. And But you heard where the riff started from, right? Uh, Him wanting to buy the company? No. Uh, it was with Braun Strowman. Oh, the day's like he ain't gonna change nothing, like bringing them in. Well, yeah. Well, apparently they had the deal, and then they they were like, "No, actually, we're not yeah. gonna give you the money." And he went ballistic. Well, the thing was also, and this is what I heard in a new report over the weekend. He kept asking for money for a budget, which is what a company like that needs to keep growing. 
and they didn't want to put the money in. And then he was like, hey, I want to buy the company and I have a backer. I have something from I have everything from the bank. And they said no. And then they fired him. So then it was just like and it was just, just like decided like you're more trouble than you're worth. But it's also like you should want somebody that passionate about your company to run your company. Yeah. Who believes in it. And he believes in it because he's been a part of it since 2004. You would want somebody who's willing to sacrifice everything and bet everything on your company. Yeah. Running I'm just, your company. I'm so nervous about their future. But I'm just like, man, he did a lot with the knockouts. He did a lot with like getting talent in that like, like they rebuild their connection to like AAA, New Japan. Like where does this all go now? Yeah, they. I mean, it was like TNA. It seemed like they were never going to work with NJPW again. Yeah. After and they then, turned Okada into Kato. Ooh, we don't talk about those pages in history. <laughs> but, yeah. And now it's like they have healthy relationships. But now it's like, all right, so where does this go? And they seem like they was maybe going to have a WWE relationship, which I think now is probably up in smoke. So, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, Scott Demore was was yeah. the uh, figurehead for that, and also, like in WWE, must be like we don't want to deal with this. Like, mm. like we did it for the pop and sake, but and it was convenient. But like any extra work, why would WWE need to yeah. get into it? And Scott Demore also cut an incredible promo, one of the best in the game. I always loved when he would come out with little fucking headphones around Bones. his neck. Mm-hmm. Just a nice touch. It felt real. It felt like it, it was a real, real thing happening. Um, I also liked TNA's style of backstage segments. Um, yeah. They never did the TV watching thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're like awkwardly craning their fucking necks. And they never. Um, and, you know, it was almost like skits. Yeah. I thought that it's, was a cool original way to do it. It's a weird thing when it feels like a company has made something that was like perfectly fine into a mess. Yeah, but that's Which, TNA. Well, that also that also segues me into my other company, who I think have made something so simple into a fucking mess that I guess they try to find something simple in now, but it's still a mess to me. Um, so did you, did you watch? I'm going to figure you didn't watch the kickoff last week. The kickoff, whatever Clips. press conference. Yeah. Clips. Here's the thing, viewers and Deem and Deem yeah. and listeners. Um, I at 27 years old mm-hmm. grew up in the age of Twitter, and in the year of our Lord and Savior 2024, and it's now X. I'm not watching anything live for the most part, <laughs> like let alone a fucking press conference. What am I going to do? It's it's like the old Bill Burr joke about the NFL draft. It's like going to a graduation when you don't know any of the kids. Like yeah. I'm gonna have oh, that's so good. That's so good. I'm gonna have the whole fucking press conference, all the important parts and the things that happen afterwards, right there conveniently slotted for me. I'm not gonna go and spend time out of my day where I could be skiing or making out or doing fuck all else. <laughs> And watch this press conference as they each awkwardly shuffle onto the fucking stage. So I didn't fully watch it <laughs> to give you an answer. Uh, but I was working. I was uh, just started working on a new mural at a school. So by the time I even got on the train, the press conference had started, and I was just like, "Eh, I'll watch it through Twitter." And then when I got home, is when I guess all the Rock, Cody, Seth. Roman stuff had started. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll watch this. And that alone was 20 minutes. And then it had already been on for an hour. So I said, what the fuck was the other hour? <laughs> the other hour? So when I first just watched the Cody Roman stuff, it did not make sense. Because, well, it, it made sense. It's like, okay, we fucked up. Let's, you ever seen Dave Chappelle when he was the president on the Chappelle show? You ever seen his Chappelle show skit? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know how he caused a distraction by tipping over the water? Right. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. Like, they was just like, the story don't make sense? Oh, shit. And then they just ran because they were just like... Well, they were like, more like, here's the rock and got out of there. Well, not even that. It was like, okay, this don't make sense? Rock, be a heel. And it was just like, 
right. So I, I do think this was more of the plan than you will care to admit. I don't think so. Because, and here's the reason why. No one has still addressed what the fuck Cody said the Friday when he said, I'm not well, going God, to, I think, to like, I didn't say the plan was perfect. I didn't say it was not <laughs> without the fault. <laughs> If that's the plan, you should go from A to B to C. I'm I, I understand you. what they like. I understand the idea is we can't like we need something to do between here and Mania. And what is wrestling? What is a good story if not like sowing like the seed of doubt? We already um, have doubt. Roman is never Roman has his fucking family. His family cheats in every match. We but now you have now you have the rock who uh, is the rock. But and can here's my really issues. fuck things up for Cody plausibly. Here's my issues with the press conference, especially here's my pressure issues with the Cody stuff with the Cody Roman portion. One I have no problem with Roman and them being here. I actually like the heel version of Rock that we got on that press conference. I like Rock telling Triple H, fix that shit. If he talks about my fucking family again, I'm going to slap his fucking teeth out of his mouth. And this is what he said verbatim. This is word for word that got played on WWE Network. Is him saying, practice, I'll practice that in front of the mirror? No, I just remembered it because it was just like, oh, they said fuck on the actual Peacock. They <laughs> said fuck on the actual Peacock. Um, I liked that. I didn't like what they did to Seth. Seth feels like a cuck yeah. that's just pretty much just watching his wife. Just much. It just is rough. It's just like, you're a punk, you're a bitch, you're a loser. And he just sits there in the corner just like... Like, yeah, it came the, to the point... I mean, of Roman being like, Cody, like, you already gave a spot. Go over there to, like, the loser bracket. It's the like, loser oh, bracket. This is your belt. Like, this is your... World title belt. Own, and you know what's crazy? Seth's response is right there. You never beat me when we had a universal title match. But look, I understand as a as a heel and a villain, especially again mm-hmm. in our year, Lord and Savior 2024, 2024. Which is now X. Um that kind of part of being a heel is acknowledging the larger context. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of just the kayfabe story um but you still like the person you're dunking on needs a response and the fact seth is not responding was bothering yeah. the shit out of me um so that was bothersome cody coming out he didn't say like even last night i watched raw for cody's segment because i wanted to see like i was like all right let me give them some time to maybe clear this up more because on they didn't follow up on smackdown they, they they barely did yesterday. I'm still like, you still haven't told us what happened when you seek counsel with The Rock and what yeah. did he tell you that made you want to step aside the first time. Seth had, an incred- had a really good promo, which is like a good response, a little bit too fucking late, but it still was a good response. Which leads me to believe... Because there's now a, a teaser trailer video for WrestleMania going around. I don't know if you've seen this. But wow. it's basically Rock and Roman facing facing down yeah. Seth and Cody. Which makes yeah. me believe night one is probably going to be that. It's probably yeah. going to be a tag team match. Now here's where I start to have an issue of, okay, we've made a real weird mess here. Um, you want me to believe a man whose knee is messed up is about to wrestle two nights. Because you have an elimination chamber for who gets to face him one-on-one at WrestleMania as well. So that would mean he's doing two matches that weekend off of a bummed knee. And then, for some reason, I have to watch, we're going to watch Roman and Cody twice in 48 hours compete against each other in a match. I mean, but they're going to keep them away from each other. Yeah, but, okay, obviously Seth is there to take the pin. Let's be honest. Brock ain't taking yeah. the pin. Roman ain't taking the pin, and Cody ain't taking. The pin. I could see Cody taking the pin. I could see them. Like, I could see Roman pinning Cody. Mm-hmm. Like I slowing that I down. You. But then at that point, why is the women not getting the main event like the Royal Rumble stipulation says? I feel like that stipulation was thrown out a while ago. 
I don't because just two two main years ago, two main years ago they main evented a night. If I'm not mistaken, no. Well, I'm they saying for like both situation. men and women. Like, let's go back to like you know. No, they, the men have. The men have. No, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar opened up. That's thirty five. That was five years ago. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's like for a while that like okay. the main you get the main event has been that's, dismissed. But that was also because Becky run the Royal Rumble and she main evented. Yeah. So you had that Drew main evented the year after. You had Edge main event the year after. After Bianca main evented the other night. Then you had Brock and Roman for the unification title main event. Then we had oh who won it last year? Oh, Cody. Then you had Cody and this year you have Cody again. So is it the men get to main event, the women don't? Like, I need us to just let's let's clear this up because also, I don't like how they treated my girl Bailey. I don't know what Bailey did to anybody. I get it. She's always kind of like the little black sheep of the four horsewomen. I get it. But we got to come come on. Give her a little some respect. She ain't even on the fucking flyer. She wasn't even at the kickoff. Rhea yeah. Ripley and Becky faced off. Becky still got to win the Elimination Chamber. Why the fuck didn't we have Bailey? <laughs> Did we have Bailey? And, you know, Bailey's got the better story. Bailey, Bailey's got the more interesting story. Bailey has a story. Here's the crazy part. Bianca was there to promote her show. Bianca ain't even got a fucking match. Bianca's going to get a match, though. She's in the Elimination Chamber, so it's either you making Becky beat her, and then it's Becky Rhea. But then, still, while that is going to happen for Bianca, because Bianca's amazing, and, you know, she is a company woman, we get that, you should have your Royal Rumble winners at your press conference. That's your kickoff to WrestleMania. That I agree with. Crazy enough, the person who called it out was CM Punk on social media. He was like, I want to make sure we don't forget that Bailey was a winner and she should be placed up there. Which is crazy. I'm like, I already got another locker room. Listen, there's a part, and I want you to go look at it. And I want you to cause you enjoy this. So CM Punk is talking like you see, like after the whole scrum, the scruffle. Like Rock done slap Cody and him and Roman are kind of like facing off of one another. CM Punk was like, if that was me, I'm just hitting the shit out of you. I'm punching straight. Him. And you could see the big juggernaut shadow of the Rock like turn. And he's staring at CM Punk from the stage. And you just see this like ginormous shadow. Like, I know you're not fucking talking. <laughs> from a distance, it is the greatest image. I have ever seen because <laughs> you can see the rock's physical body just turn towards him as he's talking like I just hit the rock I just pop him in the mouth and you could just see the rock look like no let's kill that because I come over there and beat <laughs> what if he what if he beats what if he fights another locker room I don't want to digress for too long <laughs> but I just if we're gonna say his name like I've been thinking dude I think about this like every day like you have no idea. At least once a day, the thought of like, what if CM? Oh fuck! What if CM Punk like fights another locker room? Like that's the most amazing thing that's ever happened. That's so unbelievable. Like, what do you do that? Like, what is this man who considers himself like so holier than now? That like he ha- does he look in the mirror and be like, huh? Maybe it is me. But he's he just, not. He, he won't. Just I keep on rolling on. I love Punk, but he won't. Listen, he said Cody's being diplomatic. Seth is just being a bitch, basically, and he would punch the rock. And I'm just like, man, man. I don't know, like, if you really want to do this right now. I'm just Big E was sitting there, just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like Big E said earlier. No, no, no. Big E said earlier, I'm just here so you don't get yourself in trouble. You know, you like right. to say things. And then Punk started saying those things, and you can see Big E get uneasy in his chair. I'm just like, oh, shit. Here we go. Here we fucking go. Oh. Like, and yeah, it was all in kayfabe. But, like, what if I like? would. If, if, <laughs> Everywhere he goes now, he has the threat of violence. Of unprovoked him. violence. 
He was saying it. He's like, I don't care if you're a president of the company, whatever, executive, I'm going to hit you. And I'm just like, we know this, punk. We know this. <laughs> we know maybe this. You shouldn't be so proud of this. You shouldn't. That you're a grown man. How old is he in his 40s? He's 45. He's okay. 45. So I'm 27. All right. <laughs> I also train in combat sports. Right. Um, I've learned, like, the last thing I want to do is fight. Like, it is the worst possible resolution yeah. to an, a, a, a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're in a controlled environment. Yeah. Um, I've learned this lesson. I, I know that it leads to nothing good. Mm-hmm. And this man, who's <laughs> 45, <laughs> has not... And it's just constantly finding like, new ways to be violent. Like we we know ninety percent of this is kayfabe, but there's also that yeah. like there's also that like five percent where I'm just like I don't know, but there's also that point five where I'm just like you're gonna end up fighting somebody again, aren't you? Which <laughs> is like, you know? LA night. I would die laughing. That's so fucking funny. Okay, I would barely. die. But yeah, I just feel like. Bailey's been made an afterthought. Like she should have been on the first of all, you're in Las Vegas. It's Super Bowl weekend. You can find a way, someone who's been an avid, loud 49ers fan while you're passing around your gold WWE belt that's at every fucking like fanatic party. You couldn't find a way to integrate Bailey there. That doesn't sound like it makes sense. Like you could have found a way to integrate Bailey, promote it, push one of your freaking Royal Rumble winners. Like, you put Cody, cool, we know Cody. And it's it's just... It's something that WWE does a lot, where they're like, all right, this is enough. And it's just like... They'll do fan service, and they'll be like, great, it exists, you're welcome. Yeah, it is just annoying, man. Also... I've seen this dialogue. This is really not a great story. I need people to understand this. <laughs> this is not a great story. Like this is convoluted as fuck. Like You're talking this about Cody is, and Rock again. The Cody Rock thing is not a great story. It's convoluted because there's still parts of it I still don't get. I don't get what did he tell you that was so captivating that you said I'll step aside for WrestleMania. I mean, we still I, need I, that. I like the story. I don't like that chapter of it. But that's that like the biggest chapter. Sense. It's the biggest chapter. That well, it was more of like the catalyst. It, 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 it's the catalyst because without that, you don't have the rock here. So we need to know why. Like without a why, we're just sitting here. Also, I need to know what made you change your mind back. You said the fans, but what about like I get it. You said the fans made them. You know they tell them you need to finish your story. They've been saying that this whole year. So what did The Rock do that was that impactful? Like, you guys, like, it still don't make fucking sense. He called him a jabroni. I guess Cody Crybabies must have fucking woke him up. I don't know. Because that's what well, he called Well, I guess it kind of goes back to, it's like, the, your, this is wrestling's royal family. I mean, there was a part where Rock said, "This is the one and only true powerful." Birth. But right. also, and that's what flips Cody. But here's the issue: Cody had wrote before that press conference, "I have made my decision." So technically, I'm not even taking that because you made your decision before the press conference. He said that at the press conference. You still gotta explain to me why. Like I don't like. I'm just not getting off of that. Like why? What made you want to not face Roman? What was all of this? And they they kind of don't. They're like, if we don't answer it, nobody remembers. And I'm like, this is why I hate you guys sometimes. This is why I can't stand this fucking company. <laughs> it's like this is why I watch from a distance. It's like There's, you can't get too involved in it. No, because sometimes I just like y'all know how stupid it sounds. I saw somebody like a, a WWE stand write out like a, a notes thing, explain the story. And then of course with the, like the accompanying tweet, like it makes sense if you want it to make sense. It's like, but 
that's not how stories work. Stories you're work. not supposed to come in with bias. <laughs> like you're supposed to, you're not supposed to be coming in like wanting it to make sense. You're supposed to be coming in as a blank slate. I mean, you're not supposed to be coming in not wanting it to make sense. You're supposed okay. to be coming in middle, unbiased, and then there's supposed to be good art that yeah. hasn't make at least enough sense that you're invested. Yes. I I do not like comparing the companies. I think you can't really, but. Swerve and Hangman with the double turn is a story where it's just like, I get it. I get why Hangman's gone crazy. You broke into my fucking house. And they <laughs> love you for it. And they love you. So I want to take away everything that you want and hope. And this I will Hangman do heel turn is going to be so good. You know what's funny? Is he really a heel? Because technically he's justified. He has every reason to be this way. Because you Cut a promo over my sleeping baby in his fucking crib after you broke into my home while my wife was possibly asleep. I have every reason to murder you. I have every reason to murder you. But yet they stand here. They do your dance. In the context of pro wrestling and that universe... Like you always have to remember, pro wrestling exists. I always thought of pro wrestling exists in a parallel universe to our own. Uh, and each yes. company has their own parallel universe. Yes. Um, in the parallel universe of AEW, you can break into somebody's home and beat you for it. It's it's a self-contained existence. Yeah. That has its own rules where people, you know, because they walk across the camera. While you're doing an interview, you now have reason to fight and have That's a three months long storyline. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. That's how that all yeah. started. Um, and this one, the fact that you're breaking somebody's home, they still cheer you, and now you refuse to give them five more minutes. In the context well, of this universe and the rules of this artistic parallel universe, you are now a villain. It kind of goes a little deeper because you got to go, hey, you came out, called me out for not being motivated, getting a little chubby, getting a little happy and lazy. You called me out and made me feel like I've been basically bullshitting. And if you had my opportunities, you would have been 10 times the person I would have been. Then you beat me. Then when I tried to get a little bit of revenge to even it up, you broke into my fucking house. <laughs> you did all that shit. And now I'm the bad guy because I don't want you to have all the successes that you said you would have if you were in my position. <laughs> and you see how that's a story that we can get behind? <laughs> you see how that's just fucking point A to B to C? <laughs> Why? Because here's the thing. The Rock, like, I think they just... And this is always going to be my thing. I don't have a problem with a Rock Roman match. I don't have a problem with a Rock match. I have a problem with how we got here. Yeah. That is my main issue. No one can explain how fuck we got here. Because, and I will maintain this until the fucking end of time. And I want people to see my microphone when they look at the YouTube. If he fucking won at 39, this would not be a goddamn problem. (laughs) Before we get off of it, do you think that tag team match sets up Roman Rock at 41? No. I think the outcome of night two sets it up. I think the Rock costs Roman. I think they win. Okay, but that's still like the tag team match, something will have to happen to where he then costs Roman the the title. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think something will happen in the tag team. Yeah, to play off what you said. Yeah, you're right. Something will happen in the tag team match, even though they'll win. And then Rock will cost Roman. And then either you have two choices. Either you're going to do it at SummerSlam or you're going to do it at 41. I think you do it at 41 um, where you set it up. And I think I don't think the Rock's showing up for anything except for WrestleMania. Right. That's why. But I think you also set it up where Roman's a baby face. Because Rock is yeah. going to stay heel. And they kind of put it up there on the tee. There's a part where Cody's like, if your grandfather saw you, he'd be so disappointed. And you can see Rock, Roman's face is just like, oh. 
Maybe, maybe you might have a point. And I think also we're not going to just get two months of heel rock. And then he's just going to fade away. He's going to be the most interesting. No. No, I think he's going to be someone who's heel that will make an appearance ever so often on TV. Not really, or make his presence feel felt. But I do think it'll be Rock, Roman, um, Babyface, Heel for one of the nights next year. I just don't... Listen, if The Rock is willing to go... A full mm-hmm. year being a villain in the media, like he was on the Pat McCaffe show. Mm-hmm. Less his fucking heart. That dude loves professional wrestling because he does not need to do that. Like it can only be a detriment, and he's willing to do it anyways. I mean, he's supposed to be making thirty million a year from this fucking deal. Uh, <laughs> I think he he has no problem if he's getting paid thirty m's. I think I tell you that. Uh-huh. Much. Huh? That's not bad at all. Yeah. 30 M's with a fucking incentive if he gets into the ring. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. He's like, I'm 52. Fuck it. Now, are you ready to get into this fantasy booking? Speaking yes. of making people a lot of money. So, I Jack. Have... You, you, you want to introduce it? You want me to introduce it? Well, I was going to introduce it, yeah. You uh, introduce it. Jack has uh, come to me. You know, we've done a lot of booking segments here on Wrestling with Romance. I think we... Mm-hmm. It's our thing now. Yeah, it's kind of our thing. Booking, yeah. rebookings. So Jack actually wanted to rebook a pay-per-view. Um, and I I couldn't think of a pay-per-view. I really wanted to rebook that heavily. Um, I, to me, there's some pay-per-views, especially in this situation of like us doing AEW. I'm usually a yeah, fan of Yeah, I wanted you like, to rebook this one, but you loved it so much. You're like, nah, I'm chilling. You know, it's not even that I loved it so much. I watched it, but I don't remember it enough for it to evoke an emotion where I want to rebook anything. You know what I mean? Like, it was like the, it was like I still wasn't fully into the AEW thing at the time, and I've never revisited the pay per view. So I don't really have any strong feelings left or right about it. I'm just kind of clear in the middle. Um, So Jack is going to rebook all in 2019. All out. All out 2019. uh, This is, I'm rebooking all out 2019. Um, where this is the first, uh, oh yeah, this is the very first pay-per-view, um, before Dynamite started. Yes. This is the genesis of AEW. Um, and I'm also uh, using, yeah, it is. Would you call that or double or nothing? The genesis? Yeah, I guess double or nothing. Yeah. Um, is, I guess this is. <clears throat> Maybe this is the boulder rolling down the hill, like yeah. double or nothing, and all in was it getting pushed up, and now this is like we're creating momentum. Mm, gotcha. Because this is where the the championship, uh, right? Crown the champion gets crowned, where we got the little bit of the bubbly meme. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> bit of the bubbly. That was great. He, Possibly Chris Jericho's greatest ass addition to the company. Yeah, before he wore uh, it. Um, some of this is the same Mm -hmm. Uh, some of this I've used to correct the timeline so here we go Uh, go. Bia Priestley versus Ivelisse Bia wins okay Um, Sammy Guevara versus Wardlow this is a match on the show? no this is a new one oh okay 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 do you want me to bring up all out and we could oh no just tell me what matches you switching okay yeah, then let me like, pull it. So you know, first. it's been almost it's been about five years. So as you tell me, I'm like, I know my brain can be a little baked, but I don't think my brain is that baked. I'm like, I don't remember this. Remember that much? Yeah, I'm like, what? Here's, okay, here we go. Um, so that was not a yeah. So this is a new match entirely. Okay. Um, what I'm keeping is mm-hmm. So Collins Uncensored versus Jurassic Express, but I'm having Jurassic Express win. Okay. Uh, I'm keeping Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen versus Joey Janela in the three-way crack barrel clash match, but I'm having Darby Allen win. Who won originally? Jimmy Havoc. As before, yeah. Uh, I'm keeping <laughs> Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks 
for the AAA have World Tag Team. To, uh, have to. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm not changing that at all. Has to stay on the card. Yeah. It's Young Bucks match. are winning that. Um, yeah. And I'm keeping Pac defeating Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yes. So now what we're changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Wardlow. Guevara is going to win. Uh, okay. I'm changing the Casino Battle Royal into okay. a Casino Ladder Match. Ooh. For the women's. And, and, oh, and it's not for the number one contendership. It's for the women's championship. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be our opening match. Like, the other two matches we're buying. This is our opening match. Ooh, but wait. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the women's championship match crowned on their first episode of Dynamite? I know. I'm changing it. I'm, okay. I'm saying this is now, like, I'm making it this is the title match here. So, okay. so Because I want to go in into Dynamite. We have our men's and women's championships gotcha, already. Gotcha, gotcha. We already got our champs. Um. And we're doing Yuka versus Sheeta versus Rio versus Brandy Rhodes versus Penelope <clears throat> Ford versus Britt Baker. Um, and then the Joker is going to be Awesome Kong. Okay. I like that. Um, um, we're going to go with Yuka wins, which I understand may be a personal choice because the magical girl <laughs> is the best. Um and we were about okay, Just I want to remind everybody real quick. All right, before the pandemic happened, Yuka was getting the biggest cheers in the women's division. Um, she was. She was. Objectively, she was. Okay, I'm, I'm not, not crazy. Arguing. You're I'm fucking arguing. crazy. I'm not arguing you. Um, then we have Nyla Rose versus Mel. Right. Nyla's gonna win. Um, then we have Kip Sabian versus Sunny Kiss. Right, Sunny Kiss is gonna win, and then my coup de gras, in which we I've completely altered the timeline, and we can all live in a happier world. Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes have the inaugural AEW World Championship match, and Cody Rhodes wins. I don't know and how I feel about that. Why? I don't know how I feel about that. Tell me why. I think Hangman losing to Chris Jericho plays a very important role in his story. I think we can still have that story, though. But I feel like because Full Gear Cody gets the title shot, I feel like you could just rewrite that Full Gear Cody wins. So the way I rewrote it, because I, I had Hangman in mind, um, right. is that it becomes from I lost the title to I wasn't even on the card. And that's the story that's See, created. But then that makes it, that that that's weird with his press conference uh, speech. That he's going to win the first. That he's going to be the first AEW rival. Well, this changes everything. Like, I guess, yeah, he would have to make a different press conference speech. So you would have to change, like, both. You have to change the pre-timeline and you have to change the post-timeline. Oh, everything's changing. This is, this, I'm flapping my butterflies here. I'm, I'm flapping mm. my butterfly wings here. Okay? And I'm alternating. Because I, listen, I've cried twice in the history of professional wrestling. It was right. when John Cena came out uh, for the first pandemic episode and told us yeah. it was all going to be all right. And it was when Hangman won the championship. That was um, magnificent. That was unbelievable. So I want that story to happen. I want him to have that moment as much as everybody else. I think you can still have that moment even yeah. with him not losing that match. Um, because I just, I also believe that Cody would have been the best inaugural champion he would have better represented what AEW was about he would have been a better face for the company and he would have stayed yeah i think i hope i don't disagree with that i still think like i get why they went with jericho first like i I never knocked that idea even though nowadays especially if you were in our wrestling group chat you would think i am the biggest despiser of chris jericho known to man like mankind but um i get why they went with him first 
And I don't even really hate Chris Jericho. I just think Chris Jericho needs to do the thing he used to do. I get it. I get it. But it always rubbed me the wrong way. And again, I get it. But it always rubbed me the wrong way that you have your, you're supposed to be a, a, a fresh take on professional wrestling. Uh, you're supposed to be the Rebels championship, uh, uh, the Rebels promotion, and your first champion is a WWE retread. Well, which I understand is a bit a harsh way to put it, but yeah. also I would want my guy to represent what the co- your world champions represent what your company is all about. Yeah, but also that's if you have a wrestling company that's not a national television. If you have a national televised company, you kind of want to face that somebody can be like, oh, I remember this. And look, I get it. I get both points. Do I knock either point? No, I get it. And I think the best thing was that I think that's why I say I think Cody winning at full gear just works perfectly, especially from the undeniable. That whole promo segment, like I need him to get those promo segments to like. To but I don't un- want my first champion to like hold it for a pay-per-view cycle it's not a good well, way to set up prestige for your championship well to me that's why i'm just like all right because all out is in september full gear is usually october november that's a month you get the tv you get that first cody promo to like the simply undeniable and i was just like you get that promo and you put the belt on them i think they should just put the belt on them there now do i do i knock yours i just need to see how the whole I because I feel Hangman's story is so fucking perfect how it is. That is where it throws me off because I do feel Hangman's story is perfect how it is, and this timeline changes that. And I'm just like, how does I? How do I feel about that? What if he loses at full gear? Hangman. Hangman, yeah. See, it's the, or it's, was it's, that the first pay per view full gear or Revolution? No, uh, Revolution was right before the pandemic. It's full gear. Okay. Um, it's still the thing of... Because, all right. He said he was going to be first. He won the Battle Royal to be first at double or nothing. Or like To be in the match, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So we're changing double or nothing results, which means also... We're changing a lot of results here. We're a lot of I mean, we're fancy, but that's what we're doing. That's I know, what we do. But here. it's like also, like, it's like I still it. see him having the tag, uh, tag team titles with Kenny. Like yeah. the idea here is that he's always been the other member of the elite, and so yeah. he becomes the forgotten member of the elite. And then you have a storyline for the first episode, uh, where he comes in and goes, Cody. You've always seen me. I was always the forgotten member of the elite, but you've always seen me as the future of the elite. Let's prove mm-hmm. it at blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe you have him fight a heel for the number one contendership, or actually definitely yeah. you have him fight a heel for the number one contendership, maybe Pac. Um, he wins the number one contendership and gets the match. It comes in on the horse and then he fucking loses. And then it becomes this, oh, there's, I was forgotten for a reason. And that's how he goes on his whole alcoholic spiral. I'm going to say maybe. I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's just because that, man, I'm not, it's my favorite story. It is one of my favorite stories in the last few years. And it's just like, whew. I just think, I, I always thought, I just wouldn't change much. But I that was like, listen, that, that was also my biggest hang up. I decided that the story could still work in this new context I created. But let me know if you think you can do it better. Um, Leave your comments. Send us your own booking. I'm Jack Simon. Send me your booking at JackDocSimon at Twitter or Instagram. And check out my website, JackSimonMix.com. Yeah, and... If you have any other ideas, you want to give us your thoughts on Jack, or you maybe want to hear us do a fantasy book and a, maybe a pay-per-view, uh, mm-hmm. something of that nature. It could be any pay-per-view. Just don't ask me to do Royal Rumble 2014. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, wait. <laughs> don't ask me to do that, and don't ask me to rebook Ginger Mahal title reigns. I'm pretty good on all that. Um, but you can follow me at Life and D on everything. 
Uh, make sure to follow us at Wrestling on, uh, Wrestling with Romance on Instagram, Wrestling Podcast on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's it, man. We'll I'm see gonna you guys send next one more week. out there. Uh, if you have a romance story, a story oh. of love, whether successful or not, send it in. We'll read it out. Yeah, you know what? We would love for that. If you I have any romance yours. story, good or bad, send it to us. You can. We we we'll give you anonymous. We'll give you anonymous. We'll do anonymous. You know, I maybe. understand that not everybody is as shameless as I. <laughs> yeah, maybe we have to. We might have to start like a Patreon or something like that, where people can just <laughs> drop their stuff in, just quietly <laughs> share their love, and we share it and mix it up with some romance. But we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Deuces.